Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is Monday, April 27th, 2020. And a warm welcome to you all. As most of you know, the purpose of these weekly webinars is to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. It's a planetary service and many people today are asking themselves what more they can do to help stem the tide of planetary challenges. And triangles is a perfect uh, opportunity to do so. So we encourage you to find out more about our work through our website, triangles.org. And if you respond to this idea of planetary service, you might wish to form a triangle. And you can do so by placing your name in our chat box uh, and your contact information. And hopefully two other people on the webinar today will agree to reach out and form a triangle with you. We also work together with those of us who are already members of Triangles, each week we come together to strengthen the planetary network through a meditative visualization. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work is simply the establishing of a line of lighted loving communication between three people who agree to vivify that triangular link every day. Three people link together as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in the spirit of goodwill to all humanity. <clears throat> Their triangle is then placed within the planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, the great invocation, a world prayer, is sounded in order to release and circulate spiritual energies throughout the etheric network and into the consciousness of humanity, touching all open hearts and minds who can respond to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. And at this time when so many people are sheltering in place and there is so much spiritual stimulation being released by so many individuals and groups, throughout the planet who are working to invoke the energies of light and love. It's a perfect time to strengthen and enlarge the planetary network. The work takes only a few minutes each day and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. It's said that something as we're experiencing now, a pandemic, a planetary epidemic is largely etheric in nature. And so we are also told that the use of violet light can help to purify the etheric. And so today, as we work with our visualization, which we do each week, we'd like to work with that violet light to help use the network to purify the planetary situation. So now let's just take a minute to link up with all Triangles workers everywhere. See the group as a vast sphere of lighted, purposeful energy. At the center of that sphere, visualize the group's soul. And then a point within the center, standing for the world teacher, radiating and enlivening all triangles workers everywhere with this Violet light.
See it spinning out from the inmost center, conferring the radiation of love, raying forth as a mental influence to others. Visualize this love as an emotional benediction to others. And as a vital life radiating out through all the worlds. Radiance are we and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Today, after our meditation, we're looking forward to hearing from co-worker here at Lucis Trust, Michael Galloway, who will be speaking on the theme of death and resurrection. And I'd also just like to briefly announce a few of our upcoming events as we're preparing for the WASAC Festival, which will occur next Thursday. So prior to that time, we're having a Goodwill Meditation Group webinar. I believe that's this coming Wednesday. And that will be at 12 noon in New York. And we encourage all of you to participate in your preparation for WASAC. And then next week we have the Triangles webinar on Monday. Tuesday, New York headquarters is offering a pre-WASAC preparation with a meditation. And then on Wednesday, the London headquarters of Lucis Trust will be offering OASAC meeting as well. And then on Wednesday, uh, excuse me, Thursday, there will be a day of safeguarding, which the Tibetan encourages us to hold an interior silence. And we will be doing that, contributing our part by not having any meetings, but we encourage you all to link up in your meditations on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, excuse me. And then on Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday, we have the annual Arcane School Conference in New York, the first of the three spiritual festival meetings held by Lucis Trust. And so you can find information and links as we approach that date on our homepage of our website. So we hope as many of you as possible can participate and tell your friends and coworkers about it as well. It's a it's a powerful time to help ground the spiritual energies of the planet. So the experience of recent decades has perhaps made some of us who have a bit of a 
esoteric understanding of the importance of this turning point in planetary history, wonder what it would take to capture the intent, attention of a humanity seemingly caught up in so many distractions. Perhaps some kind of breakthrough in consciousness is being made possible through the somewhat challenging situation of this planetary epidemic that we're passing through right now, which has forced people for a time at least to step back from the ordinary routines and have somewhat of a pause from the normal conditions, giving us time to think and ponder deeply on the underlying meanings of our lives. Surely one of the lessons of the present situation will hopefully be to demonstrate the many ways in which we and the planet itself have become out of balance with the rhythms and cycles of the natural world. The timing of this situation has been quite interesting following as it has upon the heels of the festival week period, which included a powerful solar eclipse, a major alignment of planets in the sign of Capricorn, followed in January by the very rare alignment of two first ray planets, Saturn and Pluto, at the time of the Capricorn full moon. During these alignments, many spiritual groups everywhere were joining together and surely together we did evoke a measure of the spiritual will to good as a result. And preceding this time of invocative appeal, we also witnessed a massed mobilization of ardent young people, climate activists, everywhere throughout the world, taking to the streets in droves, demanding that adults wake up and listen and do something to change the system. A wise person I knew once said that should, we should all be careful what we wish for because we might get it. And so perhaps we're seeing in some measure the impact of these invocative appeals for the release of right, of light, and for the change in planetary conditions in response to the cry of the planet. For despite the terrible suffering and disruption that the pandemic is inflicting on so many, particularly those who are already the most marginalized in our societies. Who would have thought that in a few brief months, our collective carbon footprint would have been so dramatically lowered? And as a result, we see the earth itself responding quickly and dramatically. It said, for example, that people in China are seeing blue skies for the first time in their lives. Dolphins and swans have appeared in the canals in Venice. The CO2 emissions in major cities throughout the world are dropping precipitously and animals are coming down from the hills, perhaps feeling safer as a newfound quiet has descended upon the towns and cities of the world. The climate crisis and the pandemic are of course interrelated the virus, we might say, is a reflection that the planet's immune system and humanities as well are seriously compromised by the toxicity in our air, our water, our food, and also within our consciousness itself. The last major pandemic in 1918 occurred on the heels of the ceasefire of World War I. In a certain sense, a war is one way in which humanity seeks to address situations that have become stagnant and crystallized and diseased. War is an aspect of change and change is an evolutionary tool that contributes to peace and forward movement. When a disease condition rises to the surface, it's a clear indication that the body is trying to heal itself. Often a detox such as a war brings a rash to the surface of the physical body as a reflection of the body's attempt to rid itself of the toxicity. Perhaps the present situation is another reflection of a similar cleansing going on in response to the condition of glamour 
in our planet that has become so thick in response to the approaching externalization and the evocative appeal issuing forth by so many. Hopefully we will respond adequately to this situation, not by going back to the old ways, by attempting to bandage up the old systems, but rather by working together deeply to formulate structural changes that will restore our health and the health of all living beings, including the planet itself. Through such measures, this virus can act as a springboard to show us the many ways in which we have been living out of balance and that it will provide an opening into how we can begin to live in greater harmony. So let's now work together with our meditation. Coming together in group fusion as a soul, point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. We lift our alignment to the center Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the radiant worldwide triangles network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network.
as we hold the consciousness in the light of the group soul, let's also lift it to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energy of love. Visualize light and goodwill circulating around the triangles from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships.
visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Prior to sounding the great invocation, let's pause to consider the work that will be done by the words as they're poured out. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light, within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love, within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now we'll hear from Michael. Hello, Michael, are you there? Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. So as Kathy said, I'm gonna speak a bit today about death and resurrection. And I think it dovetails nicely on what Kathy spoke about 
about the um, the need for a transformation of consciousness and um, with the with the current pandemic. So as we all are experiencing with the pandemic, life is full of uncertainties, and this is being made um, particularly clear at this time. Um, yet despite these uncertainties, there is one thing about life which is always certain, perhaps the only thing that is always certain, and that is one's eventual death. And yet despite this eventuality, most people avoid thinking or talking about death until it is practically upon them or until someone close to them dies. And in the West especially, there's a great deal of social stigma connected to death. And these misunderstandings are exacerbated by the fear, grief, and attachment which surround the issue. These negative emotions connected with death, or that we connect with death, follow from a purely materialistic understanding of life. This materialistic perspective identifies the self with its physical form. And therefore the death of this form means an end to all of the beauty, love, intelligence, and humanity that was expressed through a, through a personality. From the perspective of the soul, however, the death of the physical body is a liberating event since it frees the soul from the limitations of its vehicle. For the soul, there is no death. The soul incarnates cyclically, taking a form and returning again to its own plane under the impulse of the forces of evolution. From the soul's perspective, death is the time spent in a physical form, wherein it experiences the pain, suffering, ignorance, and limitation of the human condition, ultimately seeking to overcome them. The end of an incarnation, the death of the form, is seen by the soul as a great releaser, which grants the indwelling life reprieve from its earthly experience. Now, the soul tries to express the qualities of its being through what is, for many lifetimes, a very inadequate form. It occultly, we could say, enters into death and takes on this human form in order to redeem the substance of which it is composed. This substance is inherently separative by nature and tends towards disillusion. It is the spiritual will of some thinker, in this case the soul, which negates this tendency towards dissolution and causes these forms or this substance to cohere into an entity, into a form, which the thinker then utilizes for its evolutionary purposes. It is the withdrawal of this will at the end of incarnation, which leads to the dissolution of the form and a refocusing of the thinker's consciousness back into the abode of the self. And the whole problem of death, that is specifically the fear and sense of separateness we associate with it, persists because of the attachment to the form which this soul has created. The discarding of the form upon death is a natural and inevitable occurrence. And when seen as merely an extended interlude before the next incarnation, there is less fear. Death is then celebrated as the completion of a cycle, as part of the evolutionary process, and thus with a sense of hope, planning, and purpose towards the future. one of the spiritual responsibilities of humanity is to redeem matter, to spiritualize it. This, however, we must understand, is not the same as the immortalization of some form. The redemption of matter occurs through the spiritual energy which pours through a form. Now this elevates the substance of which that form is composed, and in the case of humanity, it creates a channel through which spiritual energies 
can then flow forth to other forms as well. As the human form is redeemed, it, be, it becomes capable of also elevating the consciousness of the subhuman kingdoms in nature, which in turn redeem those forms as well. The Bible states that God granted mankind dominion over the animal, plant, and mineral lives. This is also an occult truism. For the ageless wisdom states that mankind must eventually assume the role of the first aspect of divinity in relation to the subhuman kingdoms. This means that it is humanity's task to be the source of evolutionary energies to these kingdoms, thus fulfilling their spiritual potential. As we know, divine purpose cannot be consummated except through the full development of all seven kingdoms in nature. We are told that, occultly speaking, any process of elevation or of raising up automatically involves death. Now, one of the three qualities of the soul is sacrifice, meaning literally to make holy or sacred. And it is through the expression of the quality of sacrifice that attachment to form is relinquished and the preoccupation with the individual becomes a preoccupation with the working out of spiritual will. Through sacrifice, one consciously and willfully, you could say, dies so that a purpose higher than the individual can work out. At first, in the early stages, this sacrifice simply entails the death of personal desires and ambitions. Later, upon the path of discipleship, the personality itself is sacrificed, and at this point, the soul then controls its form. Even later, upon the path of initiation, a final culminating death occurs wherein all is sacrificed, even the soul itself. The soul, which has always acted as a mediator between life and form, is no longer needed and so is destroyed. And the monadic life, which is really pure spirit, can then directly make contact with the three worlds of human evolution evolution. At this point, the initiate can then rightfully repeat the words of Christ, who said, I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. The initiate has lifted himself entirely out of the world of material phenomena, entirely out of attachment to that world, and thereby he blazes a path out of that darkness which others can tread. Now, the result of this great renunciation, which, as we know, Christ um, exemplified in his death on the cross, the result of this great renunciation is ascension, which leads eventually in the esoteric teachings to a great revelation. This great revelation, we are told, concerns divine purpose, or in other words, why the planetary logos created this planet and initiated the evolutionary process. The injunction given to those who have received this revelation is resurrect. For they are charged with, you could say, raising the dead body of humanity into a living body, which means to shift human consciousness from the form, which is death, to the soul, which is life. This, of course, is not a physical resurrection, but a spiritual one. It involves the application of the will, that is the divine will, as an aspect of Shambhala, to hierarchical activity. This activity elevates humanity via the same lighted way that all of the sages, saints, and bodhisattvas of all time have tread. This lighted way is also called Antakarana, or the way of resurrection. This resurrection is the immediate objective of the planetary evolutionary process, and it is one that Triangle's workers are well-placed to cooperate with, 
the triangles network, as we know, is a means of transferring human consciousness from the three worlds of material phenomena into the spiritual consciousness of the soul. And this transference is profoundly expressed for us in the great invocation. As triangles workers, we actualize this shift simply by standing as a group in spiritual being and radiating the qualities of light in goodwill throughout the network. We stand with whatever level of detachment and with whatever degree of renunciation that our own sense of spiritual responsibility demands. That in this way, we aid in a great planetary resurrection which will result in the birth of a culture of the soul on earth. Thank you so much for those inspiring words, Michael. So appropriate for what's going on on the planet now and pointing out the ways in which we can aid in this resurrection life. So thank you again. Um, so now we come to the fourth or the third part of our work together. And we'd like to hear from any of you through the chat box, posting a comment. And I know that some of you have already done so, or by raising your hand, which you can do by clicking on your name in the participants box and we'll unmute your microphone. So uh, you could see the comments, Michael, if you'd like to respond to anything. Um, let me see here. Let me scroll back up, sorry. Um, so I have, um, so Isabel says, thank you, Kathy. Most timely visualization to restore with the violet light and the pristine quality of the psychic atmosphere and consequently restore balance and therefore health. Chitia um, Rubini asks, is the fourth ray a dying ray? It belongs to the Atlantean root race, which is set to manifest in 2025 AD. I belong to the fourth ray, am I too early? Um, well, I would definitely say the fourth ray isn't a dying ray. Um, it's, we're told it's not an incarnation right now, so I guess its influence is less strong than it would be if it were an incarnation. Um, I don't think anybody's too early. I think everybody comes into incarnation under under spiritual law and when the soul desires to incarnate. So I don't know, Kathy, what do you think about? Yeah, I, mean, I would definitely agree. But I think that rays come in slowly over long periods of time. And so even though it's not technically an incarnation, it's still, its influence is surely already starting and so um, it's something that is is already starting to condition our world and will obviously more fully come in during the aquarian age and we're told that when it combines with the seventh ray the fourth ray and the seventh ray will contribute a truly beautiful new art that will come into the world mm -hmm. because both of those ray influences can bring such beauty and color to form so certainly um, we'll see some real changes as that comes in. Yeah. Um, Clint Galvin asks, Michael, you said that at a certain initiation, the soul is destroyed. Don't you mean the soul body is destroyed? Doesn't the essence of or the soul itself become permanently fused with the personality? Um, yes, I think, Clint, Clint, you're right. The soul, the causal body is destroyed. So... And my understanding is the, what we call the solar angel who kind of overshadows, overshadows the soul is actually released once the causal body is destroyed. And it's the kind of the solar angel's task to enable the monad or the divine spirit to be able to incarnate. And once that kind of connection between the monad, the divine spirit, and the three worlds of human evolution is complete, then the solar angels um, work is done, so it's it moves on to to other work. Um, but yes, definitely looking at it from the perspective that the soul becomes fused with the personality. I think 
is appropriate. I think the Tibetan also does say that there is sort of a, a point of focalized um, soul. I don't know how he describes it exactly, but there is like a, a sort of point where the causal body was that um, kind of persists to take the place of the soul, even though the it's no longer kind of, that body is no longer needed as a mediator. Um, Kathy, do you have anything to add to that or? Nothing. Okay. Um, if anybody has anything to add audibly, of course you don't have to, but that's always good. Otherwise I'll just keep reading. Um, there's a lot of thank yous and gratitude, so I won't read all of those, but those who want to can go in the chat box and read them. Um, Suzanne Valles says, would you say that humanity is going through the first initiation? Um, I would say definitely yes, humanity is either on the precipice of approaching the first initiation or perhaps even starting to go through it. I think it's difficult to say whether, how similar it is to the initiation of an individual, but, um, the first initiation is really just the birth of birth of spiritual consciousness. And I think humanity at this time is really, as I said, being transferred from a consciousness that is characterized by the personality and by the form into a sort of consciousness of the soul. And I think you can see that in the way a lot of human cultures playing out. There's a tendency towards synthesis, especially if you look towards international politics. The world is increasingly, you know, interrelated, especially if you look at international economics. Um, there's sort of a growing sense of um, a need for a sort of consciousness of, of unity that will sort of facilitate the outer interconnection that has um, been created. People are asking for transcripts. If they scroll up in the chat, the transcripts are posted. Um, Eduardo Gramaglia says, very inspiring, thank you. It reminded me of the future role of sound in accompany, accompanying the process of death. Matthew and Santana say, to share, Rumi speaks of the potential to die before physical death, that the soul can be liberated right now from physical, emotional, and thought limitations. I would say that's definitely true. And I think that's sort of the type of resurrection that the hierarchy is working towards at this time. It's not really, it's not that people need to necessarily die although we are seeing a lot of, you know, an increased amount of death due to the pandemic, but that actually the whole point is for the sort of spiritual birth to occur. I think what somebody else was referring to the first initiation, that there's a way you can actually live um, spiritually or through soul consciousness, whether the physical body is, whether the soul's in a physical body or out of a physical body. Um, um, some people are still saying they don't see the transcripts. We did post them. So if you can't find them, you can go always to the Triangles um, meditation group page on our Facebook group. Um, and you can also go to triangles.org where we'll have a blog and the transcripts will be posted there. Um, sorry, I'm losing the... Oh, there's some hands raised, Michael, so I'll unmute. Okay. Anne, did you have a comment? Hello, Anne. Uh, if you're there, we can't hear you. Hello, Anne. Uh, we don't hear you. So try Barbara. Hello, Barbara. I'm here. Are you there? Can you hear yeah. me? Yes. 
Oh, it's wonderful sitting here in the country listening to these talks. They're just fabulous. Thank you, everybody. And it just reminds me, because of this medium, how many people around the world who do this work can be listening to the same things at the same time. And just to imagine all these people doing this light work and love, it's just so inspiring. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, the, the new group of world servers is in their last few years as a state reformer, and it's just so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Barbara. Thanks. I'll see you soon. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We yeah, have more time. It. We have more time for our spiritual lives. And that's mm -hmm. one of the blessings of this time. Um, I'm still scrolling through the chats. Maria writes that she's reminding people of the um, Tibetans writings on death, which the trust has compiled in a book called Death, the Great Adventure. So if anyone is interested to explore more deeply uh, the writings of the Tibetan on this subject, then you can order that book. Well, I think that we're going to close then for now. And thank you again, Michael, and thank you, everyone, for your participation. And we'll close by just taking a moment of silence to link up with all the many triangles workers throughout the world. Thank you and stay safe.